You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of American Hustle. I, I believe that you should treat people the way that you want to be treated. Didn't yeah. Jesus say that? Yeah. Yeah. Also, always take a favor over money. I think Jesus said that as well. I don't know if he said the second one, but he might have said the first one. Everybody thought, oh, Richie DeMasso's going to stay in the office. I'm outside on the field. I got people working for me. My ideas. I'm running the show. I'm the quarterback, and I'm not going to settle. It's not for me to say. He wasn't necessarily in good shape, and he had this comb over that was rather elaborate. He had this confidence that drew me to him. My father, he taught me to believe that all people are good and to be good to all people. Life is ridiculous. And you know that I would never say anything bad about your father in front of you, but your father is a sick son of a bitch. Daddy's a sick son of a bitch. Don't repeat that. But yes. Hey, play your part. Fine. You play your part. to find a way to survive and you knew your choices were bad but you had to survive we were so successful for so long because we kept it just small enough if you're that successful how come you wound up in this room with me right now taking orders from me Agent DeMasso placing $75,000 in this briefcase for Mayor Carmine Polito. We are going to get it right, are we? We are going to find the light! That's right! We got to get over on all these guys. That's what we need to be thinking about right now. We got to get over on all these guys. It's got to be the best we've ever done. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for American Hustle, and the story is as follows. Con artists Irving and Sidney are forced to work for Richie, an FBI agent who offers them amnesty. However, they are used for a sting operation that leads to the conviction of prominent people. The film is starring... Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Jennifer Lawrence, Louis C.K., Michael Pena, and Alessandro Nivola. It is written and directed by David O. Russell, co-written by Eric Warren Singer. Here to join me today for this 2013 Patreon podcast throwback review, I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Michael Schwartz. Sorry I'm late. I was just hitting up my dinner in the science oven. Amanda Spears. I just feel like I'm going to die if I change. Zach Gilbert. We've got to get over on all these guys. And as a guest here, returning to the Next Best Picture podcast, we have Ryan C. Showers. From the feet up, baby. All right, everyone. So American Hustle, a film that, man, depending on who you ask, very, very split reactions to this film. It's interesting, though, because at the time of its release, it got pretty positive reviews all around, nominated for 10 Academy Awards. And it seems that the reaction to this film has mostly soured over time uh, due to a multitude of different reasons, some of which on this latest rewatch I was trying to look out for. And of course, for me, it was actually only just my second time watching this movie since I saw it theatrically in 2013. I never really had 
any inclination or desire to want to revisit this movie, which kind of surprised me over time, considering that, you know, the performances were uh, pretty acclaimed. And I figured that at the time it was very entertaining. And so that entertainment value might want to pull me back in. But alas, only the second time that I've watched this movie since its release. Have my thoughts changed? Have anyone's thoughts here changed over time? The question will be answered on this show. I'm very, very curious to know. Let's first start off with our guest here, because I know that as long as I've known Ryan, this movie is one that over the years he has talked about time and time again of being a part of this review, wanting to have his moment to defend this film. And I'm curious to hear that defense because, well... (laughs) I've just always been curious to hear it. <laughs> so let's let's hear it. Well, thanks, uh, Matt, for letting me uh, venture out of Scream World and um, into the Oscar world again to talk about American Hustle. I do want to like take I, I not that I'm like disagreeing with you already because you just did the intro. But like, well, that was very fast. <laughs> I, I do think it's kind of important to like uh, be a little more specific in the way we talk about American Hustle because. I feel like American Hustle isn't a movie that's really talked a lot about anymore. I think it was it was a movie of its time, but it's not really like I don't see the controversy being as heated now as it was back then. Like I, you know, the thing about American Hustle back then was the critics were really on its side. Um, it really hit with the industry. It really hit with um, the press and awards and audiences. It made tons of money, but it was very very divisive on film Twitter and of film Twittery types, if that makes sense. And I think that's where the controversy mostly comes from. You know, back then, I mean, it, it really was a beloved film everywhere outside of the internet. So I do think it's important to make that distinction whenever you're, whenever you talk about its reputation, but in regards to why I love the movie so much, like, Oh God, I, it really is my favorite movie of the past decade. I know that sounds like a crazy statement, but it really is like my favorite movie. I think like in terms of its merit, it's the type of movie that hits every quality of filmmaking. It has, you know, really energetic directing. It has uh, really interesting themes as well as brilliant, thorough, weighty character work, um, amazing performances. The technicals are outstanding, but the thing that really makes American Hustle come to life for me is the way that it's like it juggles with postmodernism and like it uses its film editing to recreate a Scorsese Goodfellas vibe, if that makes sense. And there is something magical about that for me. Like the film is brilliantly structured from the way that we are introduced to these characters, the way that we get on their side through the storytelling, through the performances. I, I get really absorbed in the characters and their journeys. And yeah, I just I think it's 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 a gem of a movie. It's just it's magic. All right. Okay. Setting the table here. Let's pass it over next to Casey Lee Clark. Yeah, I was a big fan of this movie when it came out. I saw it in theaters and I haven't watched it that much since. So this was like a big rewatch for me as well, like you, Matt. Um, and I think the downside for me is that when I saw it, I was 17 and had not seen many of Martin Scorsese's films or films like this. So it blew me away. Whereas now I think I still really like the film, but having seen kind of what came before it, the magic has dwindled 
a little bit and I can see a lot more of those flaws, but I really love all of the performances, particularly Amy Adams and Christian Bale. I think they're still phenomenal. They still hit for me. I love the look of the film and the costume. 70s era is big for me. And I think this film kind of really kickstarted that for me and my just like loving of the aesthetics of the era in its um, wardrobe and things like that. And the soundtrack, any music moments in this are catnip for me. This is the music that I listen to in my everyday life. So it is perfect for me. All of those scenes work so great for me. Um, so yeah, I don't like it as much as when I originally saw it, but I still do like, it. I'm in the like it camp. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. All right. Let's pass it over next to Amanda Spears. I remember really liking it when I first saw it, really, really liking it, but because this movie reminds me of like being on a sugar high or a caffeine high. And then when you come down and you start thinking about it, things don't work on a second watch which for me, this was. Okay, I can relate to that a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always that movie where for some reason you can't really put your finger on it. You just, you like it for, for whatever reason. In the theater, maybe it's your mood. Maybe you just never, you can never just put your finger on it. You like the movie, but then you see it the second time and you're like, ooh, no. Um, I think this movie was sloppily made and rushed. There are clear problems with the script and some of the casting. Uh, specifically Jennifer Lawrence, because unless you're Prince Charles, typically your mistress is younger than your wife. But I, I do like some of the costuming of it. I think, uh, again, Christian Bale and Amy Adams are really great. I love Bradley Cooper in this. He really gives a standout performance. But I, I think the fact that they made this right in the thick of Silver Lining's Playbook's Oscar season, you can tell how hurriedly this was put together. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. All right, and then passing it over next now to Zach Gilbert. 
So when I saw this in theaters too, when it came out and I was kind of just wading into the waters of all like Oscar season and finally getting into like more adult films. I was like 13, I believe at the time when I uh, first saw it. So I went with my parents. I convinced them because I was such a J-Law fan and still am. But I too, kind of like Casey was saying, was just like blown away by the style and the whole, I loved the direction. I loved the music. I was just like instantly immersed into this world. I thought the performances were larger than life. And like Ryan said, it was just really magical. Um, I think this is the best performance of Jennifer Lawrence's career. It's still my favorite. And the rewatch just solidified that. I think she's a tornado and she just tears right through the thing. I think everyone in the ensemble is honestly excellent. And the last time I watched it, I rewatched like two or so years ago and still really liked it. But I think this rewatch just solidified how much it works for me. I totally see why someone up qualms with it, but I love the style. I love the ensemble. I think it's pretty close to perfect. And Michael Schwartz. So since its release in 2013, I think I've seen American Hustle probably close to 10 times since then. It's really one of the defining films of my senior year of high school. And since then, I absolutely adore this film. American Hustle is not the exact movie that made me fall in love with movies, but it's certainly the type of movie. It's a mainstream adult dark comedy with big stars, lavish production qualities, a smart script, crisp and dynamic directions, and a real clear sense that it's about something. It's the very definition of what I would call a movie movie. It's about how far some people are willing to go to reinvent themselves. The Abscam plot is just a bit of a plot mechanism, like a little thing that is there to carry you from beat to beat. It's peak David O. Russell with messy, raw, complex characters in all their glory. And what I love about American Hustle eight years later is remembering that this is a movie that really broke into the cultural conversation upon its release. Christmas 2013, this movie grossed $150 million domestically. People went out to see this movie in a theater, and it was really the end of an era. We didn't know it at the time, but after that, you would just have Avengers and superheroes saturating the marketplace. This was one of the last times that a mainstream adult smart film really brought people out to see something in the theaters, and I miss it. And when I look back at American Hustle, not only do I love it as a film for what it is, but I love what it represents, and I get very nostalgic just thinking about it. So I can't wait to talk about this because I think it's absolutely brilliant. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, second time watch for me. Um, I liked it at the time of its release. I found it to be incredibly entertaining, and um, I liked some of the performances in it. And I also, like mentioned before, costumes, makeup, uh, the editing. You know, there were definitely aspects of it that I gravitated towards, especially because unlike you know Casey Zach a few others here maybe um, I was very very familiar with the Scorsese style that it was deliberately ripping off and or paying homage to however you want to interpret it uh, so all of it really worked for me in that regard at the time uh, on this latest rewatch there are a couple of things that have tainted uh, my viewing experience of American hustle and I gotta just get this out of the way up front here. Uh, This movie is populated by problematic elements surrounding it in the years since. You have stories about David O. Russell, Louis C.K., Jeremy Renner. Mm -hmm. And it's not surprising as a result of that to see how, as Ryan mentioned earlier, the Internet has just really taken this harsh stance against this movie. Um, Now, was that always there? 
I don't really know because I wasn't really, to be honest with you, like online back in 2013. But if, you know, Ryan says it was, then I believe it. But I feel like it's only grown since then. The only other thing, though, like about the movie itself, like in a vacuum, if I take all of those other elements out of it, I just look at the movie as a movie. My biggest qualm at the end of the day here rests with Jennifer Lawrence's casting and how overblown her performance is at times. And I think that that is part of the problem is that sometimes, you know, it was uh, admitted here by, I think, two people that the tone of the movie can be a little messy at times. And maybe there is something charming about that sort of quality. But I do feel that there are moments in this movie where the drama is like heightened up to an 11 when it doesn't need to be. And as a result, the performances sometimes come across as a tad bit overblown, melodramatic, and it kind of wobbles the tone a bit for me in terms of what David O. Russell is going for. But I agree with what Michael said, though, in terms of, yeah, this movie is definitely about something. It's about how people find ways to survive in this world. The movie's called American Hustle, and all these characters are putting on a hustle to better their place in life. So if you can't really get down with that in a relatable sort of way. I mean, that is America in a nutshell, right? In terms of how we live in this capitalist society where we're always trying to get more and more and more and increase our stature in life. So all of that is fine. Performances, writing, all of that is fine. Just in terms of trying to distill and trying to honestly understand the hatred for this movie, I, I've I've just really boiled it down to those two things. Either you have a problem with the Jennifer Lawrence casting, and that hurts a majority of the movie for you, or you, you know, rightfully so, rightfully so, got issues with some of the people involved in the making of this movie, and you just don't want to, you know, you, you think it's trash. I totally get it. I totally get it. Matt, I really like the way that you expanded on what Michael said about the humanity at the core of this movie, because I feel like a lot of us, I mean, I think a, a very big majority of us can identify with this idea of having to put on a, a, a different version of ourselves in order to go out into the world and find success. And like, you know, one thing that I always could identify with this film and something that I think really makes the people who click with it cl- really click with it is this idea that um, you know, Irving and Sydney are such like broken people at, at their core, and I I think the way that they form their relationship and their bond is so pure and beautiful in a way. Like the way that like their the imagery of them standing in the laundry rack and the clothes just circling around them, and like the clothes kind of symbolize like the different personas that they can take on in the world and that they have taken on. I, it's so beautiful, and I love like that's what bonds them. And I think this is mostly. Uh, to do with Amy's character, especially people who have gone through things in in their life and that hardened them, uh, they put up different walls um, to different people. And there's like a performance within a performance. And I think Sydney really embodies that. And I think it's so beautiful that their love and relationship, even though these, these are bad people, like these are crooks, but the movie and David Russell gets us to care about them in the way that he structures the story. It's a brilliantly structured film from a screenplay perspective. Like I said earlier, uh, who cannot relate to, even if they're bad people doing bad things, who can not relate to people wanting better lives for themselves? Mm -hmm. And there's an aspect to American Hustle and really all of David David O. Russell's films from this era of like 
having to really fight like an like an animal for what you want in the world and like in, in like your your place in the world in in a capitalist society as you said matt i don't think the capitalist themes are as potent here as they are in other films like joy for instance but like there is this element of having to be a fighter in the world no pun intended yeah i i've, I've never agreed with you more to be honest matt uh, about this film i remember at the time david o. russell made some comment about the hunger games 12 years a slave and and you know he really put his foot in his mouth with that but his fascination with the same actors, I think, is kind of wearing thin. That's something I've had problems with some of his work lately, and almost a little bit in this. It's, it's like he can get J-Law, so he's just going to keep using her, and maybe he shouldn't. I don't have a problem with the overarching themes of the film. I just feel like, especially the last 30 minutes, are kind of thrown together. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of American Hustle here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full hour and a half long review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon for Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.